tired. So tired. Overtired. Welcome to the Overtired Podcast. I'm the new guy, Jeff Severance Gunsel, and I'm here with Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. Hi, everybody. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, do, do, do the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday thing, because that was good. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. We're recording like on a Saturday. We're publishing on a Friday, but we'll take it. It doesn't matter. Look, who doesn't love Monster Truck as well? As Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. I'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Man, you know what? I recently went down. I know, you know, TikTok should be a sponsor. Uh, I was, I went down the TikTok Monster Truck rabbit hole, and I never went to one of those, and I gathered they were fun and cool. I had no idea how fucking cool those things were. <laughs> That's all. That's the whole, that's the end of the topic. <laughs> so, uh, let's have a mental health corner. Jeff, how's your mental health? You know, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I've got like a nice, I kind of went through a medication balancing crisis. Yeah, I know. How that and, goes. uh, and I've come out of that really, um, just feeling very even, which is, um, something I don't feel as much as I would like, and I'm sleeping again after I think two or maybe three weeks of getting around two to three hours of not deep sleep a night. And, um, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm like a much happier person than I've been in quite a while. How about y'all? That's fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I need to, and, and the thing is, is that for various reasons that I'll be able to talk about more in the future, I, 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 I can't kind of do it right now, but I need to um, get with my shrink and, and potentially actually just go to a sleep doctor and like do one of those sleep study things. I had one like 15 years ago, but I need another one because I feel like I need to get my sleep in check. So, yeah. So what is the, how would you describe the sleep? Is it just like, you're just wide awake or? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things and it's like, I have a hard time getting to sleep. And then sometimes once I do, I might sleep really long and sometimes I, you know, won't, you know, I, 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 started doing this whole nap thing again, which I know probably isn't good, but it's I have to better nap. than I but yeah, but it's better than like not doing anything. So I think it probably needs consistency and other stuff. But I I've always had a hard time like getting to sleep. Like insomnia has been a lifelong struggle. And so you've done a sleep study? Yeah, but it was I was in college. So Okay. You know, so and so you were drunk. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I need to do one of those again because my my shrink gave me some sort of sleeping pill that it's one of those things where it's not habit forming. So it's not like Ambien or one of those things where like you have to, where you know, like they, you know, give you side eyes at the pharmacist or whatever. And they've yeah. even done things where like they, you know, can wake people up after, you know, being asleep for a couple of hours who have taken it. And then they can do like a 10 point, you know, driving test type of thing. Um, so, so it was supposed to be good for that, but it's just having no impact on me at all. So we need to try some other stuff, but, um, and, uh, I don't know if I need to do a sleep study, but I have a feeling that probably would help, you know, for them to have access to stuff just so I could get like a better insight. But anyway, I, I, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm glad that you've got your stuff mellowed out. I'm glad that you're getting some sleep. Well, I may be, I, I mean, I've gotten in touch with a sleep psychologist and I've started with a new therapist and I'm not sure I want to also start with a sleep psychologist at the same time. Oh no, that totally, totally. A lot of change, a lot of change. Yeah, but I, I want someone to help me, but maybe I just need a sleep study. Maybe I'm just snoring myself awake. Cause that's, that's come on in my life, especially as I take meds that make me gain weight. Right. <laughs> right. I've, I've been waking up like 
way too early since I started the Vivance. Like I've been falling asleep fine at night, but then I wake mm -hmm. up around three or four. And mm. uh, this week I only got one night of sleep where I actually slept until my alarm went off at five thirty. Um, mm. so I'm a, I'm a little tired, but I've just been like short an hour or two a night. You know how that adds up over time, but, uh, right. it's not, I'm not awful. I'm still, I'm, I'm wearing in to the, the Vivance though. It's, it's actually, it's been a little jitterier than I remember it ever being before. Maybe I should mm. cut my dose down. I think I You got to cut the dose. I, I, I was. I ruined a tooth. I think I told you this from yeah. like grinding my, my teeth right. part of like my very back bottom tooth on the right side, just like cracked off. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to change my dosage. I cracked, I cracked <laughs> the front. Of, did we already talk about my den dentist visit? I like broke, <laughs> I I I broke know, one of my I've front teeth it. and I went to the dentist and they gave me Novocaine, which was weird because the dentist I've been seeing for the last decade does not give me Novocaine and she just drills until I, until she sees like a tear go down my face and then she does the filling and they gave me Novocaine and they drilled as deep as they needed to. And they gave me a real filling that won't fall out. And I'm switching down. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> because you, you see that you had been in an abusive relationship. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I ghosted my dentist and I didn't mean to because I'd finally gotten back in the habit again and she was great. And then I had a ton of travel and I didn't go for a while. And then by the time I needed to go again, it was the freaking pandemic and they weren't doing anything. And now, you know, and then like two years goes by. And so I'd got, finally gotten myself in a good place with my teeth and I'm way behind. And so I'm going to have to start all over again. But I, I hopefully I can hopefully I can go to the same person because she was really, really nice. Plus, they had a, they had Netflix like um Ooh. in in the off in the chairs like they had tvs kind of like you weren't just listening to air supply <laughs> no well that was what was so cool right like you go in and like they had kind of like tvs kind of like mounted like with rokus and so then they would just put in like kind of like a cheap like head phone thing that they would like give wow. you you could you know connect to the roku remote and like i'd watch netflix while i was getting my teeth cleaned that's brilliant wow that's a great my distraction yeah. It my dentist, is. in the waiting room of my dentist's office, they had this video playing on loop of a chimpanzee getting its teeth brushed. <laughs> <laughs> my That's not why I chose them. My dentist was playing Guns N' Roses while I was in the chair. What, like, like, like a whole album? Or? Uh, no, they, were, they had on like some local radio station that has absolutely no consistency. Like they are like the best of everything of all times. Like they'll go from like the Shondells to Guns N' Roses to Creed. Ooh. Like it's, it's what the fuck ever at any point. And I, so I'm sitting there and Welcome to the Jungle comes on and I'm like, this is the first time I've ever heard. This is the first time I've ever heard Guns N' Roses in a dentist office. Yeah. It's uh, not your typical fare. Hey, oh, hey, before we get out of mental health slash dental health uh, corner, <laughs> yeah. um, because this is called overtired, I, I had the most like tired experience of my life, which was the last day before I started sleeping well again, when I was again, like two or three weeks into these just very rocky sleep nights, I was, I was up in the morning <laughs> and I hadn't had coffee and I went to pee. And I grabbed a KN95 mask and put it on and then went into pee. I was like, 
what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> literally the most time. Like I often joke that you need coffee to make coffee, right? Like sometimes I just do stupid things when I'm trying to make coffee because I need coffee so bad. Uh, but that one was, was a brand new kind of, maybe I'm just completely losing my mind. Yeah. But nobody what? got sick in that bathroom. That's right. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, like, how fucked is it, though, that, like, even our subconscious, like, even, like, your tiredest state is, like, need to put the mask on. Oh, I know, man. It's crazy. I, <laughs> I went to Target without a mask yesterday. Uh, like, our, oh, com yeah. our yeah. community spread is down. I'm fully vaccinated. And I thought, like, our Target, it, it wasn't a busy time of day. Like, social distancing is easy. Right. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to fucking... Just go somewhere without a mask for once. And I really enjoyed it. It was very nice. I felt like I made a responsible decision. There were plenty of people still in masks. And that made me feel sure. like they were probably look. They probably thought I was a Republican. They or probably something, were. But, 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 well, you know, and I've had that fear too. But at the same time, like Washington state was the last state to drop the mask mandate. Mm. And, uh, like it wasn't until last Friday that they finally dropped it. Oof. Um, and, um, so, and and we'd been one of the better states in terms of both the vaccination thing and in terms of, of cases and stuff for quite a while. So at a certain point, it, I'm going to be honest, it just it feels performative. And especially since with Omicron, you, the masks only help so much anyway. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, like I, I've kind of had that, that same feeling like, oh, people are going to think I'm a Republican. And I'm like, you know what? Like, we're allowed not to wear them now. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. And like, I don't know these. You know, people. if you if you would, if that's what I'm saying. And like, and if you want to wear it, like, awesome. That is fantastic. I'm I'm happy for you to do that. I don't. I I'm actually very happy to not have like mask me anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to go to a fucking dermatologist and get on um antibiotics for my rosacea that I'm still taking because because of of, of the mask me. So you know, like, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. likes wearing a mask. We did it because it it was the kind thing to do for our fellow travelers. But right, yeah, I'm not. I, if I don't have to, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't need to. It's you're right. Performative. I don't need to perform that. Yeah. And yet I went into the grocery store the other day with that one just because I had forgotten it and <laughs> and nobody was not wearing it. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. And then <laughs> now I've got friends. There are people in my circle getting COVID again. It's just like, what the <laughs> fuck? And but I've doubled down. Like, I not only will sometimes not wear a mask, but I bought a Ford F-150 for a thousand bucks and I've taken to wearing camo pants. Are you serious? <laughs> are you being serious? Is this serious? Yes, I'm serious. And the F-150 has an NRA sticker on it. Wow, Jeff. which I'm gonna get off. Which I'm gonna get off. But no, um, no, that I, I am like, I am like deep cover. Except that I always wear, if I'm wearing camo pants, I always wear a shirt. There are all these great threadless shirts with like flowers on them that I like. So I always wear the flower shirt just to keep things real, you know. Sure. But if I walk out, I get out of a fucking F-150 with an NRA sticker, wearing camo pants and no mask, and it's just like I might as well be in Winona, Brett. What is what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Dude, come on. It's a very blue city. No, I know it's not it is, very but blue. you could we have any anywhere <laughs> out anywhere out state. Anywhere out state, you got more camel pants, you got more uh you got more uh F one fifties. Uh we did have a dude with Confederate a flag Confederate flag uh mud flaps driving around last summer. Haven't seen him since though. Man. Um okay, so can we revisit the BGs quickly? <laughs> yes, please. Oh that's so an awesome. I job. I tried. Ahead. 
I tr- I tried. As I mentioned at the end of the last show, like I watched Saturday Night Fever. I like looked up mm-hmm. Best of the Bee Gees playlist. I went through all the covers I could find of Bee Gees songs, and I I still it makes me feel yucky to hear that music. I do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna say I hate it. And I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with the music and it's fine. It's fine with me if other people like it. I like, it doesn't make me think any less of them, but when I hear the Bee Gees, I feel gross inside. Of course, (laughs) watching Saturday, Saturday night fever also made me feel gross. inside. I was going to say, I was going to say you poured it on. Yeah. I was going to say you did. I mean, I don't know that that film is such a vibe though. It's such like a, a film from that era. Like it made him such a huge star. Like, it's it's really interesting. I will say it's very the follow- worthy. Oh, it totally is. But it's also, I don't know. It it it. it I, I can't hate that film. Um, uh, just just for like where it fits in, kind of like the the seventies canon. Um, I will say the the follow up, Stayin' Alive, the sequel, which was panned and did horribly at the box office, is like if you ever just like really want to watch, like just like. A, a terrible follow-up to a film. There was a, a film I like already didn't Boogaloo? like. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was called it was called Staying Alive, and it was basically like d- the depressing like version of like okay, his career is kind of like over, and like like what what's he gonna do now? Like it's it's um really really uh it, it's worth watching if ever want to see like somebody taking doing the complete wrong approach for a sequel on every possible level. Like the reason that the film worked was because of the, the dancing and the music and whatnot. It clearly could only work in 1977. And and then the the um the the film in, in 1983 um was was like just yeah. Yeah I'm not did gonna they, do that. did they at least use did they at least use the diehard naming convention like staying alive some more. No. <laughs> no it, no it's just called staying alive. Wow. Um wow so here, so I examined myself. This led to a long period of self-examination. Like, what's wrong with me that I can't like this, you know, happy, melancholy, even like feel-good music? And I realized that I have this strong uh, attraction to dark, angsty music. And it can be sad dark. It can be angry dark. Like, I just, I need a certain amount of darkness. It's why I like Kay Flay more than I like Taylor Swift. I like a certain amount of pain in my music. And if it isn't there, I feel I mean, she has so much pain. She has so much pain, but, but go on. Like, I'm not looking up the backstory of like every, every artist I listen to. Like, I just need the music to feel authentically bad, like authentically sad or angry. Um, and that's just that's just what I like, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why that is, but that's what I figured out about myself. Like, no, that well. makes sense. No, that that makes sense. And I feel like it, definitely the BGs, although there is some like tinge sadness, I think in some of their songs because they're great pop songwriters. You're completely right. Like the whole flow of that music, and even like the construction of those songs, they're pop hits, right? And and they're they're not going like they they did some ballads, but not really the the, the tearjerker weepy shit. So, yeah, I can I can see that I, I can. That makes sense to me. I will I will say I feel like and when the re-release happens, we'll definitely talk about it more. But I feel like you'll enjoy the Speak Now Taylor Swift album a lot because like 
Dear John is the greatest fuck you song ever written. Yeah. Well, and, and, and as you've that. noticed, the songs that I say I like by Taylor Swift are her angsty songs. Like that, yeah. it, it, it holds true even in my listening to Taylor Swift, uh, the stuff that is just kind right. of poppy or even just like kind of melancholy. It's the stuff that's a little angry, I think, that, that I, I, I get into. Something's wrong with me. That's okay, though. I was listening to ABBA and the F-150 the other I see, day. I like ABBA. That's Here's the thing about... Okay, sugar- okay that's weird, though. No, okay, no, 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 no. I can explain this. It's, all, shark, about, shark, shark. it's all about context. If I have the context for something, I can make it enjoyable, which is why I thought if I watched Saturday, Saturday Night Fever that I would maybe have context for the Bee Gees and like, it would make sense to me. But ABBA, it comes from a part of my life that was full of drugs and sex. And like when I hear ABBA, I just have nothing but warm feelings. And it doesn't matter what the the tone of the music is because I have this like emotional context around it. Same with 70s rock. Like uh, I didn't I didn't like any of it until I had context for it. Um, context is that's the key if it's not sad and angry, I just need context. That's fair. I'm going to link. And again, like your opinion is never going to change on the BGs, but it would be interesting just uh, for listeners who might want more backstory. A, if you can ever find the behind the music about them on any sites or anything, that was great. But B, I just found because um, I one of the one of the brothers who wasn't in the BGs, but he was the, the youngest brother actually died of an overdose. But they they like to 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 party. And there's this article from Rolling Stone called uh like the 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 last um Barry Gibb the last brother and there's this um uh highlighted thing that I found the Gibbs have always been fond of substances Barry smoked grass Robin liked pills and Maurice drank yeah. <laughs> and that's just like Maurice Maurice it's like for the most part they stayed away from the harder stuff I did a week of cocaine in 1980 something says Gibb but the trouble with cocaine he laughs is cocaine You've got to do it every half hour. It's too much work. Amphetamines last four to six hours. And in those days, he says with a grin, there were some great amphetamines. What was Man, that? There's, what? Co- there's cocaine in the room. Turn around. This is not going to be a fun party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was. Thanks for revisiting that with me. That was nice. Uh, you got it. So speaking of, of again, exactly. Like speaking of maybe getting your sleep um, sorted out, right? We, we won't talk about maybe, although I guess you could find an addiction specialist too. but. Speaking of, 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 you know, getting your head in check in whatever way it might be, uh, let's talk about ZocDoc. So has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor. You're searching around. You're trying to find one that looks good. You wait on hold to book the appointments. You rearrange your schedule. And then when you finally go in, you find out that the doctor doesn't even take your insurance. But there is a solution. So you just download the free ZocDoc app and instantly book an appointment. So with ZocDoc, what's really great about it is that you can search for local doctors who take your insurance. This is my favorite thing about the the app, which I've been using for over a decade. Um, You can also read verified patient reviews and you can book an appointment either in person or over voice chat. So you've never got to wait on hold with a receptionist again. I love that too, because honestly, if I have to call somebody to like book an appointment, it's more than likely not going to happen to me. This is one of the reasons why I I feel like I, I haven't like booked anything with my dentist because she's not on ZocDoc. Anyway, 
Whether you're primary uh, care physician, dentist, as we mentioned, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, whatever you're looking for, ZocDoc has you covered. So go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. Uh, legitimately, I've been using the service for over 10 years. Is my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. And now's the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Since we have three sponsors today, do you want to do back-to-back sponsors? Let's do it. Let's do it. Who doesn't love to live well, to be perfectly at ease in comfort and style? Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced. They can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Perhaps it's the way the shades diffuse harsh sunlight to cast a beautiful glow across the room, or being able to enjoy the view outside the window while protecting your privacy inside. Maybe it's the superior insulation the shades provide, keeping you warmer in winter, cooler in summer, and lowering utility bills. Or is it simply that Goldilocks moment when you walk into a room and everything about it just looks and feels right? When you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas. Enjoy greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com overtired today for your free Style Get Smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's HunterDouglas.com overtired for your free design guide. <sighs> I, think, I think this show's about to get nerdy. Am, am I right? Yes, one hundred percent dirty. Can I kick it off by yeah. telling you what I wrote this morning? Yes, please do. So, so I have this app that I, a little command line tool called Doing that love you, it that keeps a, a log of everything you're doing, and it has all these different ways of displaying your log, your your data, um, and you can like filter it by dates and time of day and tags and. It get there's like a there's every single display command has like at least eight different flags you can use to further filter data. So, uh, what I ended up doing this morning is I added a save flag. So any display command, when you get it to display exactly what you want, you can add minus minus save to the command, and it will save all of those options into a view and create a custom command out of it. So the next time you, 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 you give it a name and you, you type save and then a, a name. And then next time you can just type doing in that name and it'll show you that pre-configured oh, view. Oh, yes. And. Yeah. I'm super, I'm, like I, I dreamt about it last night and then I woke up and I coded it in like an hour and it's the best thing I've Whoa. had all year. That's awesome. I, I just started using doing again last week. Neat. I love it. I love it. I, I love it because I I love to use it when I'm having a productive week right, because I can right. look back and yeah. be like, look at everything I did. If I'm not, if I'm having a shit week, I'm not touching it. <laughs> I added, uh, I used the tide prompt for fish, which is, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like it, it, it 
refreshes in the background so there's no delay when you right. like when when a prompt comes up and i have a i added a tied item uh for doing so if there's a current doing task it shows it in my prompt between the left and right prompts like right in the middle so i always know there's a task running that i can remember That's to finish awesome. yeah it's cool christina are you a, are you a fish person um, so, okay. So I, I tried it finally after like Brett talked a lot about it and I really do like it. My issue is I'm afraid that because it would be something that I realistically won't be able to have installed on remote machines that I spend a lot of time on. Mm. I worry about like mentally having to switch back and forth between like a Z shell and fish. Yeah. Um, and I might be able to like get to that point. I just don't know if I can. Right. Like, I, so it becomes one of those things where, like, because I've only recently gotten finally used to Z shell over bash. And even though they're, they're very, very similar, obviously. And so it becomes one of those things. I'm like, do I want to like add in yet another like terminal that I need to know that's mm -hmm. different? And then like muscle memory, if I mess this chain into something and it doesn't have fish installed, like, then like I'm going to have to like, oh, right. I do it this way. That's here. Just, that's never been a problem for me. Like as long as I know what shell I'm I'm in, you know, Echo shell, uh, my brain just reconfigures for now I'm in Bash, now I'm in Z shell, now I'm in Fish, now I'm in. And maybe C it'll shell. work that way. No and one, may, no maybe it'll work shell. that way. No one's in C shell. Uh, um, I mean, and may, maybe like that will be the case. I'm not sure. I've been playing with it. I like it, but I haven't, I haven't gone far down the rabbit hole. I will say I discovered this thing this morning. Fig, have either of you used Fig? Yeah, talk I, about what, I what's, tried what's it going out with after Fig. you tweeted it. Okay. So basically Fig is um, like a, 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 a terminal hider, uh, like, like um, helper. Um, it works with any shell that you want and it runs in the background on your Mac. So it, it is one of those things where like you have to have like a, an app running in your, you know, can be hidden, you know, in your menu bar or whatever, but it's, it's, uh, kind of like a daemon, I guess. Uh, although I, I guess like they're not technically daemons anymore, um, running in the background, um, that supports a bunch of CLI tools and brings in a lot of really easy completion stuff. So rather than necessarily having to configure like a ton of things for, you know, whatever shell you're using and have to add a bunch of plugins that slow stuff down. Uh, and, and this is kind of what I want to play around with and see if there'd be something like if, if this would be better than having a bunch of plugins or, or not. Uh, I, I think in, in theory, the idea is that it would be is that it'll do things like offer like um, various, you know, like like uh, completions for for, um, you know, doing stuff like for files and folders or for doing stuff with NPM okay. or it's got stuff or Git and, and it's got stuff built in for Kubernetes and Docker and uh, SSH stuff. Like it's got a ton of different um, stuff already there. Brew, AWS, like they've got a ton of different like definitions and autocomplete things there. Uh, the uh, the GitHub repo has like 13,000 stars. So there's a ton of stuff there. Um, and um, uh, it's uh, it's crowdsourced because people are, are building and, and adding their own with it, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's completely local, which is nice. Uh, you can even kind of like, you know, build your own thing if you want to. It uses TypeScript, which I think is an interesting way of, I guess, kind of building those definitions. I haven't spent a ton of time with it, but I, the way I kind of envision it is that it's like, okay, you have a lot of these nice things that you would typically have to, at this point, basically you need like an entire like shell manager to manage all of your Z shell or, or fish or whatever plugins. And I think that you could probably accomplish 
a lot of it with with Fig. And then what their long-term goal is that they have an API where they're wanting people to build like apps that you could then access within the terminal using Fig, which is is kind of a cool concept. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it looks... I would have to give it more of a shot. Uh, in Initially, it did not do a better job than Fish of completion, and it had the downside of popping up uh, a window while I'm typing that it, it bugged me a little. And like uh, Fish's completion, like if I type git commit or if I type git add and I only have one unstaged file in the current directory, when I hit right. tab, it just fills in the one file it knows I need to add. Uh, and I, I don't see Fig being able to do that kind of completion. Yeah, no, that's probably that's probably true. Uh, I think that for someone like you who has things like as performant and as like customized as you are, I would be like, I don't know, like I I feel like this might not be the right tool for you unless you could build things or really customize it to your liking. And in which case, I don't know if it'd be any better than anything you have. But what is nice about it is that you can get completions for stuff because there's a whole community of of stuff that you might not be able to have completions for for fish, like realistically, right? Like, I, I don't know if anybody is going to be spending the time to try to do something or even if it would be like possible in, in, in a way to have like an AWS type of, you know, autocomplete setup. Did you know that fish can scan man pages and create completions automatically for any CLI you have installed? I did not know that, but that is cool. It is cool. Did you know that the term man pages is just creepy for me? <laughs> yeah. What Would you alias it to? Just like show show you know hey but it, i mean i might change it to like sparkle or something you know just I, make it a little funner i ported the help command to fish so if anyone yeah yeah the, fish help yeah now, no you said that except help i now works with it i hooked it up to dash because uh, it internally if you use help in fish it opens a web browser which i hate um, mm -hmm. if you use man on the same command, it'll load the page as a man page or a show page for Jeff. Um, hey, but, you guys want to go out and make some man pages, but I overloaded it. So now it opens a fish doc set in dash, which is better to me than a browser tab. So anyway, help, help now nice. works with fish. Very cool. Did I, we talked about that, right? I don't have to explain to everyone what help is. No, we talked about help. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. All right. <laughs> have you guys seen? Have you seen Tailscale? No. Yes. Oh, I think, so cool. So, so tell me. I told you about this. Yeah, I was going to say. I think. Ago, I think that Christina actually told me about it. <laughs> Christina, um, have you seen this thing you told I, me about? <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't done anything with them until I was going through available packages for my Synology, and yep. I saw Tailscale. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, let's try it out. And so I loaded it up on my Synology and then loaded it up on my Mac mini and my MacBook Pro and my iPhone and my iPad. And what it does is basically with one sign-on, in my case, I sign in with GitHub, all of those machines now, no matter where they are in the world, are on a VPN together. And I can, I can SSH and, and load each, mm -hmm. I can load my home Mac minis hard drive in the iOS files app on my phone from anywhere in the world. And it is pretty slick and it's free to, if you have like a single user account, it's free yep. to set up. It takes like two minutes. There's no configuration. It's amazing. 
No, it's fantastic. And I mean, the reason I suggested it to you before is because you were doing something more complicated and less um, like uh, yeah. good um, with, with your own system yeah. so that you could kind of avoid your, your, your VPN thing. That's why I suggested it. But no, what's cool about it too is it's got a free user plan. I did actually, mostly because I wanted to support them, I'm paying for the um, uh, the personal pro plan. They basically only introduced because they wanted to give people who like wanted to give them money sure. uh, who are enterprises a chance to. But what's cool is you can add people to like you can share um, networks and computers with people by just, you know, inviting them kind of to your thing by just, you know, giving them an email address. Yeah. Uh, like by by just by, you, you know, uh, doing an email thing. There's also a way where like if you have like a GitHub um, organization, even if it's like, you know, like between your family, they have a free plan for that, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I love it. Um, it's it's the best way I've seen, like hands down, of being able to make it so that you can remotely access all of your different machines, mm-hmm. like you said, your Synology, your Mac, your phone, whatnot. Because it sets up WireGuard and it sets up, you know, the tunneling stuff and and the other things, and and it it does it really really well. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan. And even uh, my, your even your Raspberry Pi. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, my friend Brad um, works there. Brad uh, uh, was uh, at Google for a really long time, and uh, '90s kids might remember him as the creator of LiveJournal. And um, he uh, and he he went and and Memcached, which is honestly probably uh, more important. Um, and he was on the Go team for a long time, and and he he's working there. And um, that was when I first checked it out because I was like, well, any place that Brad goes is going to be cool. Uh, but I had like no idea, but they're really great. They actually wrote a post this week that I like that I'll put in the show notes. It's funny you brought this up about how our, our free plan stays free, which talks a little bit about their philosophy with their free plan, which I really appreciated, like also from a startup perspective. Um, they're not profitable yet, but they've taken outside funding. So that's not really the goal right now, right? Like the goal is to grow and expand and to use the money that people give you, not to immediately like figure out, okay, well, we have to be profitable by this time. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I like how their their stuff and their pricing works, like for for normal like non enterprise users, because I think that they're like the perfect example. And this is what they say say in their blog post of like, if people like what we're what they're using, they will then get their companies to pay for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is a real thing. I mean, like that's kind of like what I don't think Docker executed as well on that. But if, if Docker had maybe better business plans earlier on, they would have done that. Mm. It, certainly, GitHub has done that. Like there are a lot of things out there where, yeah, it does kind of come from starts with, you know, the the devs who are like, okay, I'm, I really like this shit on my own. I I want like work to have this. We're not supposed yeah. to use Docker in tutorials at Oracle anymore. We have oh, to use VirtualBox. Oh, of oh, course. What oh, God. Of course. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, but VirtualBox doesn't even, doesn't even work it, on M1 Max. No. Uh, does that not work either on M1 Max? I actually, no. uh, I would have bumped into that soon enough. You okay. know what it does, though? <laughs> Docker. What's that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Docker I, does. I did not um, stop using Rancher Docker. Does. <laughs> um, you know, when you said earlier about tail scale, uh, Brett, you said, um, you can use it, you can, you know, SSH in or get access from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I realized how meaningless the term from anywhere in the world has become. Right. <laughs> it's I'm like, excited. well, I don't know. I mean, like I might be in my garage. I'm excited because I'm going to Spain and if I <laughs> can right, SSH right. into my home mini from Spain, 
I will turn around and give money to Tailscale. Of course, I'll also be curious to see if my my dynamic DNS setup works. Uh, there's no reason it shouldn't, but we'll see. I have many things to experiment with. I just want to do it from across the ocean just to, totally. just to prove I can. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I can't speak for your setup, but it's certainly been those things because I've been using Tailscale for a while and it's only improved. And I was actually using it two years ago when I was traveling frequently. And it was one of those things where it was nice. Like if I had a computer, like I had my iMac or whatever at home, um, I didn't have everything up running and like they didn't have the Synology package then or whatever. But it was one of those things. I was like, yep, I can I can access this from across the ocean without having to do the other crazy stuff that I used to do. Awesome. That's nice. Um, hey, Jeff, before I ask you about a tweet of yours, do you want to tell us about Text Expander? I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you about Text Expander. And this is me doing that. In our fast paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Get your message right every time. Expand content that corrects your spelling and keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes. Your team members will consistently know the right message for the right person at the right time without relying on memory or copy and paste because it has a better memory than you do. And it's way faster than copy paste anyhow. Overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander do you know how i've been using text expander this past week do you tell i have a many years old snippet because i've been using text expander since like the clinton administration right um that uh that helps me to send records requests when i'm requesting public data um, and i do it a lot in one specific state nebraska for a project i've been working on for years and there are three different kinds of records requests I might make. And so I have RR1, RR2 and RR3, which expand into one of those types and give me all of the sort of blanks I need. Like one is just for data. And so I would, you know, fill the part that says what the database name is or whatever. And it makes records requests so easy and wonderful. So anyway, like a huge time saver. Um, it is. You have a real NPR voice when you read. Uh, when you read, well, I did work sponsor on radio. Yeah, you no, can, it I was going to say it comes through. That's awesome. <laughs> Fresh air. Uh, um, fre- <laughs> okay, so you sent your first tweet in almost a year. No. Yeah. Well, what what, what did I say? Three hundred thirty-two days silence. Now, that doesn't include retweets. Sure. There have been not a bazillion, but there have been many more. And it doesn't it doesn't include responses, which there aren't that many. But there was a point out around man, when was it? It was in the midst of of the aftermath of of what happened to George Floyd and I mean him being murdered and the protests here and all of the um all of the voices that just like bubbled up. I just kind of I realized like oh, I don't really I don't need to be a voice in this, but I do want to like have a record of this time. And so I'll retweet things that I want to be my record of this time, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and once I got into that habit, it was like, 
especially because I was retweeting stuff of such consequence, it became much harder to, to make a tweet like I made last night, which is just requirements.txt, but for all new relationships after age 35. Um, and I realized after I wrote that, I'm like, I don't think I've actually just texted something or just tweeted something in like a very long time. And I checked and it's been 332 days. Okay, Damn. so I want to know more about this because this is interesting. Um, uh, and the reason I want to ask about this is like, I'm addicted to Twitter. And, yeah. and the only way I go off of it is when I uh, piss off the psychopaths at, at DSA who um, try to dox me, fuckers. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck. And I'm, a, and I'm I'm a fucking member. So again, fuck them. Um, yeah. Uh, so the only way I do that is like, if I haven't getting like extreme harassment and I'm like, all right, I need to just not be online right now because uh, there's a good friend of mine who she cannot stay off uh, line when stuff goes down. And she's been the central, uh, she's been the center of, of several really big like media Twitter shit storms in the last couple of weeks. And, and I keep like telling her like, you need to log off. But anyway, I can't yeah. log off unless like people are, are, are coming at me. So were you ever a big Twitter user? Like, was it ever something yeah. you used frequently? I mean, I, I, I've had my Twitter account since 2007. As a journalist, I used it all the time. I Usually, if I was working at a news organization or for a project that didn't have its own Twitter account, I'd always make one and manage it. Um, I've always, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I had this memory the other day. I don't know. Do you remember, like, maybe you can still do this, but in the early days, you could get tweets in, uh, as, as SMS messages. Yes, I do, because it's 4040. That's right. Well, yeah. That's, and, and, like, it, Twitter it, was my, built around SMS to start with. It was. It I was. was covering the Republican convention here. And, um, and that was like the first time I really was using Twitter in a, like, I actually really need to know what's happening kind of way. Um, and I, got, I got such a huge phone bill because of all the texts I got because of all the tweets I was getting on my goddamn flip phone or whatever. Um, anyway, so I, so I've never been someone who tweets like multiple times a day, um, I have my relationship with Twitter has been as a as a watcher and as a curator. I love using Twitter. There are obviously so many reasons to hate it. I'm also not a woman and I'm a white man and like a cis white man. And so like my the experiences I hear from friends who are not cis white men, it's just like Twitter is an entirely different fucking experience. Right. And so for me, I, I do like it as a sort of curation thing, as a way of, I like to make lists. I have a lot of private Twitter lists that just make sure that I'm, I'm like kind of curating a set of voices that I yeah. want to be sure I'm hearing and I'm not. Uh, do you, do you use TweetDeck? Yeah, I do use TweetDeck. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was going to say, that's the only it. way that you can, I was going to say, that's the only way that lists can work at all with Twitter yeah. if you're using TweetDeck. Yeah. Totally. And it's so for me, the reason I, I stopped altogether was partly just what was happening in my desire to just not be, um, a voice in that, but to just kind of really look for voices that, that felt really meaningful to me in that time. Sure. Um, I wouldn't say amplify them cause I've only got 1500 followers. Right. But like, but you know, that was the yeah. idea. Um, I, I have, I, <laughs> I had a problem for a long time with Twitter. Facebook was like this a little bit, but Twitter was like this more where when I tweeted, I felt like I sent a little piece of myself out in the world that 
<laughs> having lost that little puzzle piece made me feel a little off all day. Uh, in the same way that I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I, for most of my life, if I leave like a dinner party or something, I spend the rest of the night um, replaying all of the ways in which I'm sure I made an ass of myself. Um, or I'm sure I took up too much space, or I'm sure I didn't consider this when I said this thing. Like that's something I struggled with for a really long time. And with Twitter, it's a similar thing. Like once I put would put a tweet out there, I'd immediately think of all the ways in which maybe this isn't the thing I should have said right now or whatever, like really kind of obsess over it. And it would just steal all of my energy. And so I wanted to become just a strictly a listener, but I've done a lot of therapy since then. And <laughs> last night I just decided maybe I'll try putting some tweets into the world and not really worry about what it means as long as I'm not being mean. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. And, and, and also, it, okay. Do you have any suggestions? Like what would be in, in, in your, uh, in, in your like requirements.txt file? <laughs> You know, what's funny is that I, I wanted to just give that a lot of deep thought, but I didn't. And i really want to ask you guys first, because Brett said you couldn't have a contributors.txt file until after the third date. Um, mm -hmm. and for me, I'm not just talking dating. I'm talking even like friendships, you know? Um, because for me, where it came from is like, I've had a, a bunch of new friendships since 35, even since 40 which I didn't see coming and I was really excited about it, but I realized just how much work you have to do to go, Oh no, you have to understand. I've always been like that, you know, <laughs> like my, because, you know, you meet in some context, but then you have to kind of explain stuff that you felt like you were done having to explain to anybody. Right. Line one of my requirements text file would be, you have to be okay with not hearing from me for a month and be able to pick back up right where we left off. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I, I, and that is a good one. Like that's, that's a good thing for people to know and to be aware of. I think, I feel like that's both something that I feel like what's nice about, like, I like this idea of the requirements.txt is that it's both letting, preparing people like, okay, this is what I'm going to need from you. But also it's kind of like, uh, in, in some ways you could, um, you know, set it up for people like, this is what you're going to get from me too. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a relationship every, contract. Clear. Exactly. Like everyone's kind of clear about what's going on here. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I do. I think it's a, it, it, there's, it's a thing to figure out. Like, cause I, I didn't actually think I'd be making new friends after 40. I just thought it'd all be pretty locked in. Right. And it's not been like a rocky experience at all, but it has been this kind of thing where it's like, you can get two years into that friendship and realize, oh, there's this thing that I took for granted. You already knew about me from like, you know, many, many years ago, because everyone knows this about me, but you don't know it. Right. So let's figure this out. <laughs> like, So not like also, deep secrets, right? But just like, no, no, totally. But just like things knowing about like, like for me, I'm like, I'm going to talk a lot. Um, yeah. I listen to you, but you can tell me to shut the fuck up and that's fine. But I, I'm going to yeah. talk a lot. Like that's one of those things that you just kind of need to know that. Um, no, I think that's interesting. I will say though, I, and I, and I hope that, that this is not been the case for either of you and uh, and, I, and i hope that like especially like you and i like we we're becoming like we're becoming friends you know like we're obviously doing this podcast together but i really yeah. like you and I, I really like getting to know you but i think it's kind of sad to think that people wouldn't be making friends after 40 like i i hope that that's not how life evolves you know right 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 I don't know. I was told that, that that's what that would be the case and it just hasn't been true. So I and, and, I think that I, I, I will say this. I know for me it is difficult because I don't have kids and I'm not going to have kids. Mm -hmm. And there is 
a difference. Like when your friends all start having kids, they have less time to be able to do things. And you do have to work around different sorts of schedules and different sorts of other things. I totally understand that. Um, It is more difficult to make friends, I think, as you're older. But I feel like having that human connection and being able to meet new people is in some ways more important because you are kind of stuck with that, you know, just the the, the same people you're around, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. Well, oh, go ahead, Brett. I was going to say, if if left to my own devices, I would never meet people because I'm not, I don't go out of my way to like introduce myself to people. But the, like the amount of free software and everything that I share leads to some very interesting people just reaching out and like thanking me or or showing me what they've been working on. And I feel like I meet new people every week and some of them become like lasting friendships. I have, I have people I've known for like seven years now because they sent me an email one day to thank me for something I wrote and we just became friends. That's how I met my rabbi. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't have to work I at it, that. which is good because if I did, I wouldn't have any friends. I had this, the, the thing about being a parent that was... um really frustrating for me and if anybody is listening who is a friend i made through being a parent if we're still friends this doesn't apply to you <laughs> um is that there you know like laurel and i used to have a potluck every week at our house like thursday nights like anybody there's like a core group of people but anybody can invite anybody and and when we first started doing that probably for the first like six months there really wasn't anybody with kids i mean we had a kid but it we weren't the type of people that like only talked about kids when we had a kid kind of thing. Right. And, and there were people that were single. There were people that were recently divorced or like in a new relationship or whatever. At a certain point, our potluck became mostly people with kids and those kids were there. And the whole thing became about this environment that was, you know, filled with kids, lovely, wonderful kids. And all of a sudden it wasn't about just being grown ups in a room together and for, and we ended up kind of stopping the potluck cause it just didn't feel good. And so like my, I had a sort of, I had to add a package to my requirements document, right? Which was just like, Hey, if we met because we're parents, I'm down with talking about what's hard about being a parent or what's wonderful about it. But like, we are not going to meet just to sort of share around the fact that we both have a kid. Like I need adult conversation mm-hmm. and interaction. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. No, no, I I think you're right. And and I hear that from my friends who have kids too, that they're like, I need this. I need more of those things. I think it's important. It's interesting. There have been some attempts, I think it's some of the the dating apps have have done like friendship type finder things. Mm. I wonder how well that works because I wouldn't be, I would be open to using that sort of thing. I think it'd be especially good for people who go to new cities. My fear with it would be to be completely candid. I almost wonder if it needs to be a completely separate brand would be that people would just you would still have people who were like using it thinking they're gonna they're they're gonna fuck right right like right it, you know like like you, you don't know that but i do feel like what would I that wish, package be called what would the package the we're not necessarily gonna fuck package be called i'll think of it yeah yeah think about it <laughs> um i you, when you mentioned your your rabbi uh brett and this will actually i think be a really good um segue into us talking about the apps that we're thankful for the best thing that I read online this week was this article in um, Input uh, called um, His Software Saying the Words of God, Then It Went Silent. And it is um, by um, um, S.I. Rosenbaum. And it is 
about a piece of software called Trope Trainer, which um, uh, people would use when they were training, like for their bar or their bat mitzvah, and and so it would you know kind of teach the Torah and, and Hebrew and things like that, and it was beloved by the people who used it, and it had a single developer who um, was kind of an interesting uh, guy. He had uh, kind of a joined Orthodox Judaism um, after being in a more um, uh, I guess like, you know, like, um, uh, what's reform having reform. Yeah. So he, he'd been more reform and, and, and he, uh, you know, uh, became more Orthodox, but he was uh, a gay man and had previously, I think, kind of dabbled in some other kind of like, uh, more esoteric, you know, religions and things like that. He was a really interesting guy. There was a software developer and he died. And when he died, uh, because he was the sole developer of the software, the software basically, went under because no one had a copy of the source code or or, or anything. Um, and at this point, the 32-bit versions only exist. And so like the, the Windows mm. version only works on Windows 7, um, although I'm actually in touch with some people right now trying to see if there are some uh, modifications that some of the Windows people can make to make it work better on Windows 10 and Windows 11. Um, and the 32-bit version um, on Mac OS obviously will only work on, you know, um, uh, versions prior to, uh, uh, I guess, Catalina and um, uh, below, um, and, and obviously won't work on on our Macs. And so, but a lot of people, it, there used to be an iOS app and that that is no longer on the store. And, and it's just kind of, is this really sad and kind of interesting story about how much this app has meant to people and people's attempts at trying to kind of salvage it and, and, and keep it and whatnot and kind of the search for who this person was. But it's it's an incredibly powerful story, and I I thought about it. Um, I, I would have I think I would have mentioned it regardless because it's just a fantastic read. Yeah. But it really got me thinking, especially since we're talking about like our software gratitude stuff, like that there are these things, and also I think it makes sense too when we're talking about like relationships. Like there are these these people and these things in your life that sometimes you don't know how important they are to you until they're mm. not available anymore. Yeah. That's well, really it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder if either of you, you know, in GitHub, you can designate somebody who would essentially, um, would get control of your, your repos and your GitHub account if you died. I think they do have that feature. I don't know if it's like for individual stuff, but I think on for per project things like yeah. is actually a feature where, where for orgs or whatever, where you can designate like a, a next of, you know, like in, in, in case of death thing, because that's happened before where really important projects the main maintainer has died and it's been like literally like a hit by a bus thing. And, you know, what, what do you do? So I think there is like a governance thing there, but it's, I think that's an important reminder. What's so sad about this particular case is that, um, his, uh, his husband, um, I think had maybe sold the computer, doesn't know where it was, but hadn't really been in contact with people. So it doesn't seem like it's likely that anyone will be able to track down the computer he had to even get his his source code, which which is really really yeah. unfortunate. Um, so the best thing I think that chance we have is probably working at okay, what can we do from an archival standpoint, or what can maybe you know people working internally at Microsoft do to to make the the software you know, add flags to make it work better um, on on newer operating systems. Mac OS it, it's it's a lost cause, but um, <laughs> I was I was well it you know because. They don't care about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was thrown onto this because a, a person I, I follow on Twitter had mentioned to me a few months back that they were still running VMs like for for 32-bit apps. And because I had asked the question, I was like, at this point, you know, 
I, I, I could only think like that the most, you know, like ridiculous edge cases of why you would still have like a VM running to run a 32-bit Mac app. Like I could see that there might be a reason, but I would only see like the edge cases. And someone mentioned that there was, he was running one solely for a, a specific app. And he told me um, after the story came out that this was the app that he still has a VM to run. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, it, it's kind of a sad thing, but it also is, I think, there's, it's kind of affirming to, in a sense, just to see how many people cared about this piece of software. So totally. I highly recommend people read it. It's it's a long read. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, my, a very good friend of mine works at Input as their reviews editor, but I, I didn't expect this type of story um, from them. Like this is, it's it's exceptional. It would have been good at any outlet and, and kudos to Input for, um, you know, taking the pitch. Um, and, um, uh, because it's, uh, it's one of those things where it is far away the best thing I read all week. Yeah. That's awesome. <sighs> I was slightly distracted cause I started reading it and you're right. It's very, it's, it's gripping. Um, yeah. so, uh, we, we brought up the idea last week of, uh, like a gratitude list for apps and indie developers. And, uh, I, I made a, I made a long list. I knew you guys put some stuff together and I was thinking, it would be kind of a fun, uh, we have mental health corner at the beginning and we have, uh, whatever we want to call it, a, a, a graptitude list, um, at the end, <laughs> I just like that. um, and just like, we, we could just do one, maybe two, but like one each, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think one each. I love that. And we can make it a weekly thing and highlight some of our favorite apps and developers. Here's my question. Can it be a single developer? or a single app because yeah. I have an, I have two developers in mind and one of them, it's just, it's kind of a Brett Terpstra situation where it's like, check out these five crazy ass things. It can be you one know? developer totally. or it can be one app or f who fucking cares because there are no rules. Yeah. It's whatever, awesome. I love whatever, it. whatever you think fits, you're right. I love it. I love it. Do you want to go first, Jeff? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so the first developer I wanted to express gratitude to is, um, his name is Anish Atelier. I think Atelier is how Anish's last name is pronounced. And I hope I got it right. It's a grad student at MIT who has written a number of kind of amazing tools. I mean, actually there's only about five tools of all of his tools or apps or utilities that I actually even understand. Um, but he's, he created something called DotBot, which we've talked about before, which is basically a way of like bootstrapping your dot files. Yep. Um, I actually just recently used DotBot when switching over everything to my um, new M1 laptop, and it was amazing how beautifully it worked. Um, but he also has, he has this app called Lumen that's really amazing that basically like it's a, so it's a menu bar application for Mac OS that, that sets the screen brightness based on your screen contents. And so oh. on the one hand, it's doing this like pretty basic understandable stuff of like, if you're in a all black terminal, then it's going to, you know, like it's going to adjust it's that way. Or if you have a full screen, white screen, it's going to ring down, but it can also learn uh, what you do when you get to a certain type of app, if you go and you, you know, say, make it less bright or make it more bright. Um, and it's, it's something you can brew install. You can just brew install Lumen. Um, and it's so freaking cool. And then, so there's DotBot, there's Lumen. He has something called Periscope that I'm only just starting to play with, but it's been 
in my queue forever. He, the way he says it is it gives you duplicate vision to help you organize and deduplicate your files without losing data. It's just a really smart way of finding and dealing with duplicates. And I have this problem massively. And so I've been waiting for a while until I had kind of the presence of mind to try to apply this to my, uh, dumpster fire situation. Um, and so there's that piece. And then the last thing I wanted to say that he does this thing called seashells, which like lets you pipe output from command line programs to the web in real time. Oh, that's um, cool. and it's so fun to play with. Uh, and so anyway, that's, that's what Anish does. Um, the, the second developer is just, uh, not just is a, a fellow named Christopher Grosskopf. Who's, a he's a journalist. He's worked for news organizations forever. He currently works for five thirty eight. Um, he's a developer. I've used one of his tools for more than a decade. It's called CSV kit. And it's just a way of, of interacting with either Excel spreadsheets or CSV files and doing all kinds of just awesome analysis and audits of that file without ever having to crack it. And for me, when I discovered this, I was doing a lot of data journalism with, with government files, which just meant a lot of just totally bananas, Excel files. Yep. Um, and, and Christopher, because he was working at the time for the Chicago Tribune data team, he, he just like, he knew all of the ways in which you could encounter craziness in an Excel file. And he accounted for that by stitching together a whole bunch of tools. It's a Python based utility and, uh, and, and making this thing CSV kit. And it continues to be awesome and super useful to me. I've scripted, I've used it in scripts. It's just lovely. And the other thing he did that I really, really recommend is he was working at Quartz and he yeah. made the Quartz guide to bad data. Nice. And it is, he's got like, he's got, Brett, you're such a great writer of documentation and kind of describing things. Groskopf has that similar thing. Like he's just very, he's, he is someone I have called the Brett Terpstra of, of news nerds <laughs> to you, Brett. Um, but anyway, those are the two I wanted to highlight today. Just do wonderful work that um, get me excited and, and make me want to play computers. <laughs> Will you throw some links in the show notes for us? I did. They're at the bottom. Oh. That makes sense because that's where the whole gratitude list is. You know it. I got it. Put that's the gratitude awesome. at the bottom. That's what they always say. That's what all, all the Thich Nhat Hanh books told me. All right, Christina, <laughs> what app slash developers are you? Wh I'm 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 going to do one um, because <laughs> I, uh, I I did I I didn't think enough for for two. Um, I mean, I could talk about more, but the one I'm going to focus on is a uh, kaleidoscope, which um, we've talked about before, uh, but they just released a, a new version this week. Um, and uh, Kaleidoscope, uh, for people who aren't familiar, is a diff tool for Mac that has had a really complicated like backstory in terms of who owned it. It was originally um, created by uh, Sofa or designed by Sofa, who uh, also made versions, which at the time was like the prettiest like SVN client back when people still used SVN. <laughs> and um, and I think they, they might have done something else too. And uh, Facebook acquired them and then they sold their apps. Uh, like I, they actually, then I think that team went on to design Facebook paper, if anyone remembers that. Um, then um, they, they sold it to, uh, I think it was, uh, it was Black... Uh, Pixel. Black Pixel, um, which is no longer around. And Black Pixel kept it going for, for a while, um, but, but didn't, and, and updated it, like I think, like they gave it like one big kind of update yeah. and, and that was kind of it. Like they, they did some bug fixes, but that was kind of it. Then it sold to someone else 
briefly, who didn't really do anything with it. And then finally, um, some longtime Mac developers uh, acquired it last at the end of last year and released uh, a really big uh, 3.0 um, update. And um, I've been really impressed with it. I, I bought it. I will admit, you know, I never expected to spend that much on a diff tool. And I and I don't know if yeah, it's 150 bucks. Yeah. And I don't know if it's one of those things that most people could justify buying, to be completely honest with you, because I feel like most dip tools uh, for what most people use them for uh, get lens or, or, or things that are built into other file stuff. merge. Well, yeah. File merge beyond compare. Like there there are uh, uh, other other tools out there that I think that um, can can get a lot of, of what's done done for for less money. However, I wanted to support the devs. They've continued to update it. One of the things I always liked about this app was the fact that you could compare not just text files or other sorts of, of, of data files, but even images and other stuff. And, and it yeah. makes it really easy to, to do that. And um, they just released, um, their, their newest version has um, a, a Safari um, extension within developer tools, as well as a VS Code extension, which is nice. And and they've been making solid updates and and adding solid features and so um, I want this to work out for them you know like again they're also not doing a subscription thing which would be probably the mm -hmm. smarter thing to do when you launch um, essentially a net new app in this way um, and and it's hard to take an app that has had three different owners and who has a loyal user base but also you know you you want to you want to revive it but you you know like how much do you change how do you not like i feel like they've balanced it really well and so i want to give them um uh, gratitude because even if you're not in a position to spend 150 dollars on a dip tool which i totally understand i'm glad that somebody is making apps like this still for the mac because it's rare that we see people who are still putting this much effort and and frankly like taking like on the risk of of making this sort of investment in in the platform so so here's the coolest thing about that new Safari extension they added. Mm -hmm. You can, it, it adds uh, a chaos diff, I think is the command uh, that it yep. adds to the debugger. And then you can add breakpoints and attach it as an event so that yep. every time it loops through, uh, it can open up another uh, tab in the diff window and you can choose which and you that can compare so any cool. any you can compare any iteration of an object of any JavaScript object in your diff tool. It's really slick. That's so cool. It it looks amazing. Poor poor little orphan Appy. Like Jesus, how many different parents has this thing had? That is very sad, and it's wonderful to see it in such great care. It's great and to see a foster I'm, kid succeed. And I'm actually downloading the free trial right now. I am actually hoping I have been wanting to do some diff work on different translations of, of Tolstoy novels. Oh, cool. <laughs> I've done it before, but uh, I wasn't satisfied with the results. So I'll try this one on here. It's is, is quite the undertaking. Mm, love me some Tolstoy. All right. Um, <laughs> I will, I guess, got to go with Better Touch Tool since for, for our inaugural, our mm -hmm. inaugural graptitude list. Um, better touch tool is the thing that I use every day, all day. And I, after text expander, it's the first app I notice if it's missing, like mm. I, I have so many shortcuts. If I hold down control and option and whatever, whatever window is under my mouse moves, I don't have to like go up and grab the toolbar or anything. I just hold control option and move. 
and and I move the window and little things like that become so ingrained for me that I immediately I immediately fumble if it's not running. Mm, yeah. Plus, yeah, he's, he's 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 a man after my own heart. The developer, uh, yes, Andreas. Yeah, he he just he adds like right now he's got a whole bunch of stuff for the notch. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff for the touch bar. He even has like t- uh, screen, uh, well, what's the uh, stream deck stuff coming. Uh, like oh, does he? That's exciting. Yeah. Anything that you can hack, he, he hacks into it and it's, it's like a, it's a love child and, and I love it. Love child. And it's on, it's on, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's on setup. Yeah. It's on setup. Awesome. Yeah. It is. So uh, I have just been amazed at how that, that, tool just sticks around and sticks around and keeps adding things and it's like the quiet little yeah. power monster in the corner yeah 100 percent. well that was fun yeah i i think we should make a, a habit of this yeah we have so it. many apps to talk about we do and i love it and i, I love it in great name um uh, brett uh graptitude i think it's actually yes. a horrible name but it's just horrible <laughs> enough that it might work graptitude no it's i just, think you gotta really perfect. hit the g yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to, it's otherwise it's craptitude and you don't want that. Yeah. Graptitude. Gra- <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Hey, that was a, I'm going to call it an okay episode. I feel like I was really off. You feel like you were off? Yeah. This in here, this is our, this is our postmortem live on the air. I feel yeah. like I was kind of edgy and, and talking over people because I wasn't patient. I feel like I need some sleep. Well, that's sleep is, you know, that's someone's about to tell you to get some. Get you some wanna... sleep, boys. <laughs> <laughs> get some sleep, Brad. Get some sleep. <laughs> the system is going down low.